0: Welcome to Shore Street Presbyterian Church Podcasts. This is the first of our healing services of 2019 and we're led by Carol Herron.
1: So let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Let's just invite God's presence, and then just let's enjoy worship. So Father, we want to thank you that you're here. We want to thank you that this time is your time. We want to thank you, God. We haven't got to work this up or work it out or make it happen. We thank you, God. This is your place. This is your work. This is your house. We are your people. So, Father, you are very welcome amongst us. Jesus, our Savior, we love you. You are so welcome amongst us. Holy Spirit, the one who makes the work of God living to us and lives in us and witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God, will you come amongst us and do exactly what pleases you tonight? In Jesus' name, we're agreed. Amen. Let's worship. Be seated. Uh, just a short while ago, um, Lorraine uh, gave us a, a wonderful word last week. Um, and it was about building Nehemiah's wall and all that she felt was on God's heart just for us to do in Donegadee. And um, it was such a blessing. But afterwards, my Esther said to me, You know, God really spoke to me. Um, uh, and, and and just gave me a word. And I just said to her, come and share it. Oh, you should never say these things to me because I may look you in the eye and say, don't just think it, come and say it. <laughs> so Esther?
2: Yeah, it's not always a good idea to talk in front of mommy about uh, some of the things that you've just got on your mind and that you're reflecting on. But... Um... I uh, just before I say a couple of words, um, I just wanted to declare that I stand here uh, righteous in his blood, in his name. I don't stand here as me and my human self. Um, Everything that I have to say is about him and the fact that because of what he did for me, I have the right to stand and to bear his name and to speak the words that he's given. Um, So I'm not anything special. It's about him and his blood um, in my life. And that's suppose about what I wanted to talk about. So um, I don't very often see things. Um, I'm not really a seer. I'm more of a hearer and uh, get words and that sort of thing but the odd time I do get I see see something whether you want to call it a vision or something of that nature and um, whatever it is when it comes you know it comes it's just out of the normal it's not your ordinary day-to-day thing so I was walking um, around the town which I tend to do a fair wee bit and most of you probably see me walking um, and I was just Oh, I was I was given off. You know when you're walking and you have one of those days and you're like, this place is so dirty. It's so dirty. Look at the dog's dirt everywhere. And you're cracking up and you're really having this ride with yourself. And, um, and I was just saying like, Lord, look at it. I was talking to the Lord about it too and going, Lord, it's so bad. It's so dirty. The place physically felt dirty. I feel dirty. Everything's dirty and i started to hear the holy spirit just as he was talking backwards and forwards and i was like yes and i started to pray lord would you just come and that um and i was praying the blood of jesus over the town. and as i was walking i was just pleading his blood would come and cover um everywhere that i walked and and that it would flow through and as i was praying um I was very clearly saw, um, um, you know, like if you fill something um, and you fill it with water, it fills every nook and cranny and crevice. There's nothing that doesn't get touched by water if you fill it. It was like that where I was walking and Main Street and Donegadee and the streets and the town, the blood of Jesus was just flowing like rivers and it, it went into everything so there wasn't anything that was left uncovered or touched Um, and it was so vivid and also when you talk about blood you think you know you think of the smell of blood you think of i I don't like blood i'm not i don't like iron i don't like the smell or the taste of those things but you start to think about actually what that means um, and what what the blood of jesus actually does and what it signifies and what it what what God was saying, um, and just as I started to, so very often you get you see the thing, and then you start to think about well, what scriptures does that connect to, so that there's a word that comes with that because it's not just about seeing, it's actually then getting the application of what you're meant to do with it or what it actually means. So for us, it was for me, it was about um, encouragement. This is, this is about encouraging, and it's also about what gives us strategies when we're praying, so that the Holy. Spirit is telling us what we need to pray and how we need to pray um, and that the blood of Jesus and speaking that the blood of Jesus and his name over the town and physically I mean doors, windows, buildings, people, animals, you name it. The blood of Jesus covers it um, and it was also about the fact that we are the remnant of of Jesus in the town. So you feel quite small. And Lorraine's message to us was um, getting your wee block and praying for your little space, your little space that you have, um, which is tiny and you feel insignificant. I mean, I certainly do. I think, Lord, you know, how are we going to make such a difference? But there was a number of, of scriptures that made a connection for me. And this is, this is then what you what you hold, Um, so the vision can come and go, but when you read the word of God, that's where the power is. So in terms of connecting those scriptures together, um, first of all, um, it was about understanding that Jesus is our, reminding me that Jesus is our mediator and for our time he is our mediator it is because his blood was shed that he stands and mediates at the throne of God between us and the enemy himself and that the blood of Jesus is covers us and is our righteousness covers our time and is and is what brings the power and that that's what we need to be praying when we're thinking about our town and our neighbors and ourselves um, and that he established a new covenant um, and that connected to something else um, In Matthew, um, the blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins and that's our town, that's our dirty streets, that's our dirty lives, that's our dirty, it's just all the things that aren't just and right that are sinful and that are not from him. need the, the precious blood of Jesus to cleanse them and make them clean. The penalty of, for sin was paid by him as our mediator and that justice was restored and that we're forgiven. And Romans tells us that, Romans 3. May, it tells us that we're made righteous. We're covered and protected. Colossians tells us that we're overcomers because of the blood of Jesus. And as it flowed through the town, it overflows and covers us and that we're overcomers we are already overcomers it's not that it's not anything that i have it's his blood that enables us to overcome in revelation um whenever the the those who were saved from the tribulation came and they're you know saying these group of people they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony it is our witness it is what I do every day in the small, quiet places, how I, how I say hi to my neighbor, which I'm challenged about every day, um, about have I, did I smile? How did I present myself when I walked down the street? Did I actually acknowledge, you know, what would Jesus do if he was walking down the street? That is, you know, that real challenge in our witness because it's our witness. That is our strength, and it is by the blood of Jesus that we overcome the enemy, and that's what our witness to our time needs to be as well. Um, the other, uh, when I was talking, thinking about the blood of Jesus, which is what I had said to Mum, in the in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant was about the Passover, where the Israelites were told to put the blood on their doors uh, and they were told to go through uh, a sequence of events but that God would pass over if he saw the blood and because we're in the new covenant now and that Jesus' blood was shed the flowing of the blood of Jesus through our town was the same passing over so it was about an encouragement to me to say Lord you have the town I pray the blood of Jesus over the town because out to our boundaries it's about our boundaries it's like there's like this force field that we are responsible for praying over our town because that's where the protection comes and the cleanliness and the forgiveness of sins for ourselves and our neighbours um, in relation to this, um, and that also, and that also those who don't belong to Him are forget are are protected and kept safe and delivered and God's work is in their lives even though they don't know him. And there are many examples of God saving the person that wasn't actually his because of the cleanliness of the hands of somebody else. And the scripture is very clear about that, that actually I I can't, God will intervene in the life of my neighbor even though they don't know him because of me. And that was another challenge for that as well. And then just um, finishing off, um, Amos so every time I go to lift my block, which is green, because I love green, it's my favorite color. So every time I go to lift it, you know those Christmas cards that you have, and you open them, and, and when you open them, there's a wee song, and then you close it quickly, and you're like, oh, I'm really fed up listening to that song. You open it, and it sings. Every time I go to lift my block, I hear, No, not by my... So again, in terms of strategy, um, about how we, how we pray specifically, The task is very big and individually we don't achieve it. But God's reminder is that it's actually not about me. It's about God's spirit. It's actually the blood of Jesus that covers us and makes us righteous. And it's about his spirit who then empowers to make it happen. Um, Again, in Amos, whenever um, we were talking about the Lord of the angel armies, which is... um, um, in the message, how the message describes God um, about the fact that actually all he wants to see is justice. It's about justice. It's about doing right. It's about righteousness. And in terms of us in our town, it's about doing the right thing. It's about bring in justice justice is just righteousness and it's what god wants and through jesus that's who we we are so it's just those and i'm taking mommy's time here but um it was about just encouraging me the lord encouraged me but also challenged me that you have everything we have everything that we need blood of Jesus that makes us righteous and the spirit of God that empowers and gives us the power to make to make the difference because those two things are 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 vital and it was about that just the message of that so and what I heard during the week in terms of God speaking was during the week when I got the thing about the the blood of Jesus flowing through the town, which is so clear to me and I hear it and it's so good to be able to pray that because I know I'm praying in God's will, was um, September 2016. So again, when God speaks, sometimes it's like, you know, 10 years ago, he gave me this bit. And then 10 years later, he gives me maybe the second bit. And then you're like, oh yes, do you remember you spoke to me about that 10 years ago? And then things make sense. So hope of encouragement. Can we
1: sing, guys? I think we should sing. appreciate that. um, I'm not going to be very long because I just have just a few things. During this last week, I have been, I was in America visiting William and the new baby and all that in um, uh, November. And um, I didn't realise actually it's 50 years since uh, Martin Luther King died, and we we visited the White House and we visited as you do, and we we did all the tour around DC and uh, said hello to Abraham Lincoln as we were going by and all that. And but of uh, uh, Martin Luther King, a lot of his. Phrases and sayings are actually etched in stone in monuments around, and you you can't help but feel, wow, have times changed in 50 years? But what has been on my mind, constantly thinking about it, is his I have a dream. Do you remember that? Well, perhaps his most famous message, Um, and he said, uh, all through this amazing message, actually being voted the world's most stirring speech ever. Now, I wonder if we could take, uh, I, I think some of the things Jesus said will probably outshine that, but he, he got up, as you know, in dire circumstances. And, and the whole of his message was, although today... Right now, we face terrible difficulties, both now, today, and probably tomorrow. I have a dream. Although after 100 years, and Abraham Lincoln set us free, we're still slaves, but I have a dream. That God created all men equal, and there is no partiality with God. I have a dream. In the day of division and hatred and fighting, I have a dream that all men will be brothers. In the day of injustice, I believe. In the day of prejudice, I have a dream that justice will come. In the day I believe, That in the day when a man is judged by the color of his skin, I have a dream that the day will come when a man will be judged by the content of his character. I have a dream. And he, I mean, he was a Baptist minister. His dream was informed by what he knew of the word of God. It was a spiritual dream. It was a moral dream. But it was also a vision. And it was a dream that totally empowered his life. I have a dream. And just before, before we leave, before we leave, uh, the story of the baby in the manger. Um, I was thinking about ordinary people with extraordinary stories, because their word was, I had a dream. Mary had an angel visit and gave her a new dream. Joseph actually dreamed dreams and his whole life's trajectory changed. I have a dream. There were some very old people. (laughs) There were some very young people just starting out. There were some very educated people in God's plan. Some wealthy people. There were some poor people with no influence at all. There were some that lived in palaces and others that squatted down on hillsides. Uh, God is no respecter of persons. And what I totally love about the story of Jesus' birth, of God becoming flesh, is that the ones that God included in his story, he gave a dream to. And it totally changed their direction, their hope, their road, their path, their reason for being. And so a young couple suddenly became the parents to a very special child. And Joseph got four dreams and and a few angels. And there is an innkeeper who offered just offered a stable to a couple of young people. Hasn't he become famous since then? Everyone knows who the man was who gave the stable for a baby to be born, even now. There were wise men, mathematicians, astrologers, watchers of heaven who saw something unusual and went and sought a king. The whole direction of their lives changed. There were shepherds in a field who lived a whole lifetime telling the story of that day when heaven opened and angels came down and spoke to them. Do you think those men ever forgot Do you not think in their little town, in their little uh, town of Bethlehem, that they weren't known as the men? Go ask them what happened that night when the angels came with a message. You know what? It changed the direction of their lives. There were prophets and prophetesses who spent a lifetime waiting for this baby, who'd already lived a whole lifetime and their age itself was unusual. Anna was 80, Simeon was old. They were a bit odd since they spent their whole lives praising God, but they were happy odd and Simeon said, my eyes have seen the king. My eyes have seen the salvation for all nations. Oh, let your servant depart in peace. Because what I have spent my whole life longing for is in my arms. I, I would say that's a change of direction, isn't it? It's also the story of small communities and I just love what Lorraine did. But oh, do you know what? This was a tiny town that had a prophetic word about it. You, Bethlehem, you are just a small, insignificant place. But out of you is going to come a ruler for my people, Israel. wonder what they'll say about Donoghadi. Can we have a prophetic word? Can we say, out of that town, in County Down, mighty men and women of God grew up and changed the world. In fact, we know some that are already changing the world. But you know what? You know what the the theologians call this? They call this getting a worldview. It's a worldview. How do you see your life? So, such a good word for a new year. It's not that life wasn't difficult. But instead of their life being consumed with their story, they stepped into God's story. And that's what makes the difference. It's actually what makes the difference with mental health, emotional health, physical health, because we are what we think. And we've been praying for all these suicides, We've been praying for people who are very depressed, despairing even, who need a new way to think about life. And the story of God becoming flesh and, and being amongst us, that is a story that changes one's perception of the world. Um, one of my books, uh, Christmas for Christmas, William sent it to me, is called The Language of God. It's by Francis Collins, the guy that um, discovered the genome, who headed up the Genome Project, and has discovered genes that are associated with severe illnesses. He called the genome God's blueprint for life. I really like that. Because, of course, he's talking about science. But Francis Collins is a believer. And... In the story of God becoming man, God is speaking everywhere. Does God speak to you? I hope he does. We, we pray because we believe God speaks. God speaks into people's lives. And in that amazing story, there is a star. God took this star and made it speak. The heavens declare the glory of God. I just love that. And all these different people, got God speaking to them in a way that they could receive. Listen, you wouldn't have invited the shepherds to Alpha because most of them probably couldn't read or write. They smelled rather well, I'm sure. You know, in where we worked in Annery, 50% of our congregation couldn't read or write. You know, when you've got people who haven't got those facilities, God speaks in different ways, doesn't he? And here was this star when we were in the jungle far away. Nearest city was 24 hours away. I cannot tell you what it was like to watch the Milky Way rise. We were in the southern hemisphere. It was like diamonds on blue velvet. And then the moon rising over the jungle, like the whole jungle coming on fire. Listen, don't tell me God doesn't speak in creation because he does. Because you look at it and you think, thank you, Lord. You're a whole lot bigger than me. And that means my problems are not big at all. In the light of that... He spoke through the creation. He spoke through dreams, dreams that warned, dreams that were strategic, dreams that instructed, dreams that gave direction. Jacob had a dream. Daniel was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer. Peter and Paul had dreams. I I think we've totally lost so much of what is biblical and what God is able to do. Don't let's put him in a box. He uses dreams. One of the most strategic things that happened to me while I was in Brazil was a dream. And I don't do that sort of thing very much, but I do know what they mean. I can still see all of it. And the whole dream was about what God was going to do in my life. It was direction, a world view. There were angels. How about an angel? Wouldn't an angel be good? Couldn't you open the door and say, God, if there are any just flying by? Didn't Paul say, be given to hospitality for many of entertained angels unaware? They can come any time. they let me know, I'll put a chicken in. That'd be all right. I don't mind angels speaking. There are prophetic words, prophetic people as gifts here. There is the word The prophetic word right through this. It's his story. Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Zechariah, Micah, you name it. Everything was speaking about the word incarnate. And, and, And finally, how does God speak? Oh, the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. You know, it's one thing to have God speak to you. And you see all those scribes and Pharisees and what have you, they knew where the baby was going to be born. When the wise men came, they said, where's this baby going to be born? It's going to be born in Bethlehem, away down to Donagatee. It's going to be born in Bethlehem. But they didn't go and look for it. The wise men did. Herod didn't go. He did go. It's one thing to know the word. It's another to embrace it, isn't it? It's one thing to know what's true. It's another thing. You know, I could tell you, I could write and I could say, the sea's amazing. It smells wonderful. It looks wonderful. Donoghety is just so good. Oh, it, and when you get in for a swim, it's freezing. And you could describe all that, but it's nothing compared to to the dunkers going in, is it? You know, you've got to step into it. It's got to be real for you. The difference it makes when, like Mary, you hold it in your heart and you ponder it in your heart and it becomes your story. What I love also about this, and this is really important for a healing service, the dream... I had a dream, the dream's not Disney. The story of Jesus' birth isn't Disney. You know, sometimes I think as Christians, we don't always talk it like it is. I love the fact that the scripture is so stark. There is no embellishments, there's no air brushing out. I had a baby in a wooden hat in a jungle. This poor woman was in a stable. Those of you who've had babies know it ain't Disney. And this woman, in fact, did that. And evil that is in the story is evil. Uh, One historian wrote of this time that life was nasty, brutish, and short. That's what he said about Jesus' time. Herod the Great was a dreadful man. He was called the king of the Jews, but he murdered his own wife. He murdered two of his sons and several of his relatives. He built palaces, fortresses, built the temple in Jerusalem. He built table, temple, pagan temples as well. But he murdered all those children, paranoid that someone was gonna take his power from him. It was a time of injustice, of poverty, of murder, of grief, of pain, of evil, of sickness, oppression, slavery, and death. And uh, and the atheist says to us, where's your god? Where's your god? Where's your god in all of this? And we say and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Where is God? God's Stepped in. And we know that once we see the cross, we understand. It's not that God stops it or has taken it away. But we know that Christ in me is the hope of glory. We know that we cannot save ourselves, but one has come to do that. Um, One of Martin Luther King's Quotes is when you can only faith is climbing the stairs when you can only see the bottom step. And we're climbing the stairs today because Jesus is alive. My world view says, I am loved. I'm valued, my life is important deeply and unconditionally. I am loved by the one who made me and his story is my glory. I was made for him and as I step into his story, it becomes my story and it's my healing too. My suffering, my struggles will be overcome. Hurt, evil, pain will not win. I will reach home, and He is the resurrection and the life. That's what my worldview says. I have an incredible calling. There is nothing random about me. My loves, my gifts, my investments have meaning. God is at work in me. He's in work through me. His Holy Spirit assures me of that. Without God, none of these things are true. Without God, nothing that you do, no decisions you make, not even actually being here, is important I was made for community and relationships. God is three, perfectly at one. We are family, part of each other. I am never alone. That's wonderful, isn't it? And there is hope for this world and for the one to come. I will not despair. I will not give up. I will not lose hope. My Father who loves me. Does not change. And that is why we pray. Because we believe all these things. When we pray, God answers. When we don't pray, nothing happens. When we do pray, we get changed, lives get changed. We believe God's heart is to heal. I have a dream and we're dreaming for revival. (laughs) We're dreaming that Donega is gonna be cleansed and come alive.
0: Thanks for listening to another one of our podcasts. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening with us. Our morning services are at 9.45 and 11 a.m. Our evening service starts at 6.30. You can find more information on our website at www.shorestreet.org.